Welcome to Hippie Witch, magic for a new age. I'm your host, Joanna DeVoe, and this is a happy, hippie place where magic with a K meets the law of attraction. Hey now, thanks for joining me for episode 355 of Hippie Witch, Magic for a New Age. My name is Joanna DeVoe and I am the kooky creatrix behind KCAS Witch, putting the K in magic, and Hippie Witch, the show you are listening to right now. I also have a free ebook by that name, Hippie Witch, Peace, Love, and all that good shit, and you can pick up a copy of that at www.joannadevoe.com or back on the description page for this episode, back on Blog Talk Radio, where you will also find links and discounts to the latest discounted things that I'm not going to talk about right now because I just came on to say hi. Happy Moon Day. Happy Moon Day. Uh, For those of you who are with me on Patreon, you are dying right now. Why won't this lady shut up? I don't know. I've done so many bonus episodes on Patreon this month, and here I am talking again because I feel like it. I feel like it. It's a Monday. I'm super chatty. (laughs) So this is a surprise pop-up episode. I've done a couple of those. I think what's happening is I'm, I am uh, getting back into the flow of doing all the things for my business. I took big long breaks that felt amazing. I needed to explode all the structures of my business and uh, I don't know, I'm just getting back into the flow of it and getting excited about, 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 about all the things again. So I just felt like coming on here and doing a little pop culture-y kind of what I'm loving right now, chit-chatty thingamajiggy. And uh, I'm actually, I did one of these this morning for Patreon and I'm going to cut and paste that, most of it, into the end of this here. It's about... Uh, The Law of Attraction and a unique take on it and how shadow work comes into play with the Law of Attraction because that's my belief. That's how I see it. And it's something I don't hear people talking a lot about or at all in the New Age community. Those super Law of Attraction-y people have a very specific uh, presentation and mine is a little bit different. And so I just thought, I'm going to actually put this in the public podcast as well. So so there you have it. That'll be tacked on to the end here. And then I also, I think after that, I'm going to tack on a little funny thing that my kid and I did. He just wanted to, <laughs> he just wanted to record himself talking about golf balls. So that's going to be on the end here too, because I want to do that for him. And I think it's cute and funny. And uh, so what I want to tell you, I want to tell you about my rocking chair and my cats. I, I learned something this weekend. It was very, very cute. I got an old rocking chair from my stepmom. It's weird to call her stepmom. I want to say my dad's wife because, you know, when your dad remarries when you're old, <laughs> when you're middle-aged, you don't usually think of them as your step mom or dad when they come into the picture but I love her and she's awesome and she bought herself this rocking chair I think at an estate sale and it has this what most people would probably describe as an ugly granny fabric on it that and she intended to have it reupholstered and I told her that that was criminal 
because I love ugly granny fabric. Ugly granny fabric is my jam. I am weirdly and have always been super attracted to like those pukey green and mustard yellow, <laughs> burnt orange and rust damask kind of fabrics that I think a lot of people associate with old ladies. I love it. I love it. And I used to drag this bag around with me. It was falling apart. It looked dirty because just at a certain point, there was no making it look nice. And it was like unraveling and people hated it. And I did not care that they hated it. I loved it so much because it was in one of those ugly granny fabrics. So they came uh, at the top of September to go to the fair with us. And they brought the chair. She did not have it reupholstered. She just gave it to me. So I have a rocking chair now. And uh, I love it. It's super cool. And I just found out that my cats love it too. My two elderly cats. <laughs> my old man cats. There are two black cats, Otis and Stanley. They're brothers. They, they were in the womb together. And they're getting gray hair. And I adore them adore, adore, love, 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 obsess on these cats. And it's so cute. They love to ride in the rocking chair and they sit on my lap like people, you know, and cats sit like people. And it's so funny. And people take pictures of them and post them on Instagram and Pinterest. They look like that, except these cats are fat. So they have like the big Buddha belly with their legs sticking out. And then they can rock and rock and rock and rock. They never get sick of it. I get sick of it first. And what's so cute is they want to take turns. So if Stanley is rocking in the rocking chair, Otis will sit and wait for his turn to rock in the rocking chair. And then they just can go back and forth like that until I'm like, okay, guys, no more rocking chair. I'm over it. <laughs> but it's so cute. I tried to film it and make a little gif to go with this episode, like on social media. So we'll see how that works and if that turns out. Uh, hold on. I have an alarm that's about to go off on my phone to tell me it's time to eat lunch. Funny enough, but I'm going to keep talking. Um, <laughs> and then the other funny thing that happened this weekend that's just random that I wanted to tell you about is uh, a couple weekends ago, actually, the kid and I went to this farmer's market that his program holds on weekends, and it's not very busy. I don't think it's going too well, but you got to go out and you got to support, right? So we were at this farmer's market. And there was this one booth that nobody was going to, but it was stuff I like. It was like raw nut butters and seed butters and stuff that were infused with CBD. And nobody was visiting this guy's booth. He was just kind of sitting there. We got our lunch and our lunch, where we sat to eat our lunch happened to be directly across from this guy's booth. And I watched him just sit and sit and sit and nobody came by to look at his stuff. I figured because it was probably expensive and so I went over there, kind of like a mercy shopping situation <laughs> to see, like, I'll buy the smallest thing. And he had a little tiny jar of raw walnut butter infused with CBD. And if I'm remembering correctly, it's a $39 bottle of nut butter. <laughs> and it's little, itty bitty. And I bought it. It was, it was a mercy purchase, even though I do enjoy those things. I, it's something I, I was like, I'll use it. So he explained to me, it has a lot of, if you've ever bought like raw nut butter or not even raw, just sometimes some nut butters, they have 
oil sitting up on the top. So you have to stir them, stir it up. And this one had a lot of oil because it has CBD in it as well as, as whatever oil from the nuts are rising to the top. So he said, it's best if you just get a knife and you stir it up and you only want to use a little bit and you should get 12 servings out of this jar. And I was like, okay. So I had it for a while, a couple of weekends went by and this weekend I was looking at it and I'm extremely sensitive to all things, food, a change in wind. <laughs> I will, I break out, I'll pass out, I'll fall down. I don't know. <laughs> like I'm very, very sensitive to any kind of pills or medications or herbs. They just affect me right away and very strongly. So there was never a good time to do it because I didn't want to have to take a nap in the middle of my day because I'm a busy witch. So this weekend was glorious because I only had one coaching call and I don't usually, I try not to schedule coaching calls for the weekend, but sometimes people schedule, you know, I try to be accommodating. So I only had one hour of work this whole weekend, and then the rest of it was whatever I want to do, going to the movies, taking naps, watching TV, hanging out with my kid. So I was like, I think it was Saturday, I was like, this is the perfect day to have the CBD walnut oil, because if I, if I have to just go pass out and take a nap, so be it. So I thought it'll be so good to smear on this super fancy, another expensive thing. Most of my money goes to food. <laughs> I have the best food. You might see me carrying my super schlumpy, falling apart, old lady fabric granny bag, but my food is exquisite. So I had this really expensive, fancy, dark chocolate, and I was like, I could smear the walnut butter on it and then sprinkle salt on top, and wouldn't that be amazing? So I went to gently as I could stir up the stir up the oil but the almond butter down beneath it was so solid and hard that it would not stir and it kept even if I no matter how carefully I was trying to stir it would splash out the oil and so I'm like scooping up the oil and licking my fingers because you don't want to waste CBD oil that's that speaking of criminal that's criminal <laughs> and I was stirring and stirring and stirring and it kept just little splashing dots and I was getting impatient and annoyed because it was taking forever and so I gave it one good stir and a whole bunch spilled out on the counter and I ended up licking it off the counter like a dog. <laughs> and sure enough, I did have to take a nap. So there you have it. 39 bucks well spent. I'm licking oil off the counter like a dog. I did, did get to smush the walnut butter on the chocolate with the salt and that was very, very delicious. Salt is the magical secret to chocolate. I don't know why all chocolate does not have salt in it because I will just put salt on it myself and I like a lot of it. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, what is the other stuff I wanted to tell you? We went to the movies and we went to go see a movie called Smallfoot, which I would not normally recommend to you, but it had a really cute, it's, it was cute. I liked the trailer. I thought the trailer was darling and the movie was really cute. It's a kid movie. It's a cartoon about... Smallfoot. It's told from the perspective of Sasquatch, Yeti, Bigfoot, like this whole village of Bigfoots, Big Feet. How do you say that? Big Feet. <laughs> and they didn't believe in us, in humans, right? So humans were called Smallfoot. But it was really a story about fear of the other. It's funny how these political messages and, and 
big life lessons are often woven throughout children's stories. This was one of those movies. And it was so cute. It was so good. And there was one line that I really loved because, you know, I'm whole on this kick about fear. And it was a lyric in one of the songs because there are some songs in the movie, which I did not expect. But it was, uh, the only thing stronger than fear is curiosity. And I thought that was so interesting. How many times have you been afraid of something, afraid to do something, maybe something you know you shouldn't do, but your curiosity is like, oh, so you're so curious that you do it anyway. I thought that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. And then I think I just told you guys about my necklace that I got in Nashville. If I didn't tell you, I definitely will repeat the story in a vlog, my fearless woman necklace that I got. But after the movie, we walked over to Barnes & Noble because I always go to Barnes & Noble after the movie, mainly to check out the magazine section because I love magazines. And I found a new one. I like there's this trend, I think because people aren't, people are going online to read magazines. A lot of magazines have gone out of business, but there's a lot of new magazines that are almost like books. They like, I'm touching this magazine right now and rubbing it because <laughs> the paper is like super thick and smooth and they put all this love into these magazines to where they're like, they're these little, it's like an art form. It's been elevated for those people like me that love to buy magazines. They're really expensive. Speaking of expensive things, it's an $18 magazine, but you just want to touch it and sniff it and smell it. It's so beautiful. It's thicker than a normal magazine, and it's very artfully done, and I love, I love it. I love the smell of it. I can smell it right now, and I had never seen this one. It's called Good company. But what got my attention is it says right under the title, the fearless issue. Apparently fearless is a thing. It's not a thing I made up. It's a thing. I thought it was a thing I made up, but apparently other people are saying it too. And the whole issue is about fearing less, how to turn fear into creative fuel. It's all throughout here. Like the back cover, it's so pretty. It's so well done. Is a quote by someone named Shannon Mustifer. Don't know who Shannon is, but she says, I've learned to accept and even embrace fear as a sign that I am being faced with an opportunity to grow and become a better person. And then in the front cover, both the front and the back inside cover, it's it looks like a painting. And then it's like hand this giant quote, um, I know you can't see it, so it's hard to explain, but it, it's like a little work of art. Instead of a regular magazine with the ad for L'Oreal mascara, you get like this beautiful quote, Paint, it painted onto the page. It says, people think about the word fearless to mean without fear, but I see it to actually mean with fear, but you did it anyway. And that is from someone named Lovey Ajayi. So this whole thing is, I was flipping through it this weekend and just loving it. It's about a lot to do with entrepreneurs, people that are starting a political movement, maybe people that are defying the odds and moving through their fear anyway. They really stuck to the theme, which I appreciated. And so I wanted to give a shout out to Good Company Magazine. This is issue number two, and it's awesome. And I loved it. <laughs> uh, another thing I wanted to talk about is I'm still on my Stephen King kick. I started 
I grew, obviously, I grew up mainly in the 80s. I'm aware of Stephen King. I know who he is. I've seen the movies. Um, but I'm new to him as a reader. And because The Shining is my favorite scary movie of all time, which is a weird thing to say because it's truly terrifying. It's the most horrifying movie ever. <laughs> I decided to start my uh, reading adventures with Stephen King with reading The Shining, and I'm so glad I did. It's an awesome book. I absolutely loved it. And then I followed that up with Salem's Lot. I had never seen the movie. I think there's a movie for Salem's Lot. Uh, so I was able to read that like with a virgin mind. It was also very good. And then um, I started Needful Things this month, which is, it's gigantic. It's a humongous book. And I think he wrote this one in the early 90s and he had already been Stephen King, the master for a couple of decades at that point. And you can really see it in the book. You can really see like, Stephen King is not just a talented writer, he is a talented writer, but he is a master. He is skillful. He is dedicated to the craft, and he's been writing so many decades at the point that this book was written that I, I'm in awe. I'm in awe. I'm halfway through it right now, maybe a little just past halfway and I just I had one whole day where I was just like, because I'm a writer. <laughs> Where I was like, maybe I should never write another word again. I, I Usually when I read books, it makes me want to write. Even if the writer's amazing, even if the writer sucks, it doesn't really matter. There's just something about reading that makes me want to write. But I did have one day of reading Needful Things where I was like, oh my God, like why even write when this exists in the world? I just think he's such, such a master. It's so skillfully done. And I feel like I've been reading the book forever for a very, very long time because uh, I have. <laughs> um, I read at night and... Uh, I'm so not sad that I'm only halfway through and that it feels like I've been reading for so long because that means I get to enjoy the experience that much longer. Like, I'm still in it. And it took him a long time to get to the violence. There is violence in the book, but it doesn't happen until, like, right before the halfway mark. The whole first half of the book is getting to know these characters that live in this small town. And there's, like, it's like a psychological drama I think that's what he does best from what I have read. And keep in mind, I've only read two and a half of his books. But they all have this component of like psychological horror. It's yes, scary things in the book happen. Yes, people die. Yes, there's violence. But a lot of it is like the horror that happens between your ears, the, the psychological drama of it all. He's really good at that. And uh, when I was, I don't know, reading the book, there was a passage that I realized he was referencing other books he's written, like Cujo or whatever, take place in the fictional town that this book takes place in. And I was like, oh my God, how fun for his readers. That makes you want to go back and read the other books that take place in this fictional town, which is Castle Rock, Maine. So I Googled Castle Rock, Maine to see if it's a real place, and no, it is not. And um, But when I Googled it, to see what other books, also to see what other books take place in Castle Rock, I found out there's a TV show. I think that just started this October, this month, called Castle Rock. But unfortunately, it is on Hulu, 
and I have resisted signing up for Hulu because I already, I pay over $100 a month. I think I pay $107 a month for cable. That's mainly so my kid can have Nickelodeon and I can have my beloved HBO. Okay, and let's face it, I also watch MSNBC because I love Rachel Maddow. (laughs) And I watch House Hunters International on HGTV. Like those are my shows and there are cable shows. So I pay $107 a month for the privilege, but I also pay for Amazon Prime and Netflix, which I really love. So I'm like, I can't justify signing up for another one of these things. Do I need Hulu? Is anybody out there watching Castle Rock? Could you give me a review? How is it? How do you like it? Is it worth Paying for another thing? (laughs) I don't know. I would like you to tell me. Um, Yeah, so I I did have a bunch of other stuff that I was going to mention, but now that I'm getting hungry and my alarm was about to go off, I think I'll just end this right here. Uh, I will say go see A Star is Born. If you haven't seen A Star is Born, okay, I, I lied. One more thing. If you haven't seen A Star is Born, it's definitely worth seeing I thought the trailer was amazing. The trailer was very moving. It would get me choked up. But I I had this skepticism inside about a movie directed by Bradley Cooper starring Lady Gaga. I had a judgment on both of them. I did not know. I guess Bradley Cooper, I, I know he's a good actor. But what I see when I see Bradley Cooper is, and this is a reflection of me being an asshole, nothing about him. It's just my own judgment. (laughs) I see like this good looking, almost like frat boyish kind of guy that things always go his way. Like he's a movie star. He's rich. He's married to one of the most stunning supermodels in the whole world. And they seem to be madly in love and they just had a baby and So what, now he wants to write and direct a movie that he's going to star in, and oh yeah, he's going to play a a rock star, and he's going to sing, and it's like something in me wanted to resist that. (laughs) And then also, like, Lady Gaga, can I believe her as an actress, and is it going to be like Mariah Carey with glitter? Is it going to be a big bomb? So even after the movie came out and all the fans were like, I love it. Everybody's crying on Twitter and saying how they had to like go right back to see it a second time. And then a third time I thought, but that's, that's Lady Gaga fans. That's what Lady Gaga fans do. Um, But I ended up seeing it anyway. And I have to say, shame on me (laughs) for being such a skeptic and for being a hater because it's awesome. It's really, really good. Bradley Cooper's definitely going to be nominated for Best Director. That was the thing I think I already knew that Lady Gaga has an insanely incredible voice. I already knew that she was an exceptional being that way. And sh- and that definitely comes through in the movie. But I think the thing that stood out to me the most was the directing. I was like, wow, like this is a great movie. And I love the beginning shot, the opening scene, which is, is long. It's like the unfolding of this one night where they meet. But it starts out on a stage and, and him being a rock star. And it ends with her. Can I say how it ends without a spoiler alert? I don't think this is a spoiler with her on a stage being a rock star. And it just, he had a real sense of how to tell a story. 
in a way that is gripping and holds you through all the way. And I think it had really lovely tones, like visually the color tones. And I think he did a great job playing that character. He has, he doesn't have a Lady Gaga voice, but who does, right? He has a great voice. It was believable. I really was touched actually to see Andrew Dice Clay playing Lady Gaga's dad, which again, that's something I think to hear somebody say it before you see it is like, ew, but it works. It's really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to say that. And I also had never seen the Netflix, Netflix documentary Gaga Five Foot Two that she did, I think it was last year that everybody loves so much. So I watched that this weekend too, and I really enjoyed that as well. It's just fascinating to see somebody who, uh, I talk about her in this clip that's coming up that I posted on Patreon. Um, someone that has that kind of drive to succeed, that, that kind of will and that sense of entitlement and that sense of like, I will make it happen no matter what, that kind of, Energy combined with just natural raw star power and skill, speaking of which, like she went to school, she, she studied classical piano, like she has all the components it takes to be a Lady Gaga. She had the raw talent, she developed the skill set, and then she had this die hard focus that got her there in record breaking time. And um, so I actually used her as an example when I'm talking about this kind of you I think it's a unique take on the law of attraction. I would love to hear what you all think about the law of attraction from this perspective. Do you find it upsetting? Do you think I'm wrong? Do you agree with me? I, I would like to know. I'm trying to get a discussion going around this. Please don't tell me that I suck and, and you hate my guts. I actually, if you have a difference of opinion, I love to hear that. I love to talk to people about that stuff because it opens my mind up too. I'm very open to listening to and learning from other people. As much as I'm here talking at you, I really enjoy hearing from you as well. And uh, having said that too, I don't have the window pulled up, but thank you so much to those of you. I was going to read some reviews just to let you know I appreciate it, but I don't have that window pulled up and my lunch is calling me. Uh, I just wanted to thank those of you who have left me reviews on iTunes. I, a, a long time goes between me reading the reviews and wanting to do it again because I'm always afraid that like this mob of hate is going to like appear all of a sudden one day, <laughs> but it never happens. It's always like these really beautiful, kind, supportive, enthusiastic reviews and they mean so much to me. It's a relief at first when I finally decide to go over and peek. First I feel relief and then I just feel so much support and joy because it takes time to go over to iTunes and and write a review and and I appreciate those of you that have done it it helps people find the show and um and it just gives me the sense that you appreciate what I'm doing it's something you know it's free to leave a review but it to me I get so much out of it I feel like yay okay I can keep going they like it <laughs> So thank you guys who have done that. And uh, yeah, here's the little clip from Patreon. I hope you enjoy. Oh, sheesh. And I just realized I should actually give you a trigger warning for those of you who really don't ever want to hear the word Donald Trump. I say the word Donald Trump right off the bat. 
there's nothing political about this. I don't get political at all because I want to speak to everyone. I don't want to alienate anybody regardless of how they vote. I'm just using him as an example of somebody who has created a lot in his life, regardless of whether or not he is a good person or a bad person, if you like him or you don't like him. So heads up, that name is about to happen right now. In this last episode that I posted here on Patreon about the law of attraction, I used an extremely polarizing figure, Donald Trump, to make my point that the law of attraction is not, it just has nothing to do with whether you're a good person or a bad person in terms of how much money or success you acquire. The main focus that people have when they pursue the law of attraction, at least in terms of what I can see when people contact me about it, or just the titles of all the books on the bookshelves. It's either love or money. I want to attract love or I want to attract money. For some of us people like myself, I'm not a financially driven person, but I'm an extremely ambitious person, creatively ambitious I want to achieve a lot creatively. It's always been my driving force. My entire life is just, I don't know why. That's who I am. (laughs) But for most people that I can see, it's like they want to manifest money or they want to manifest the love of their life, a soulmate. And I think that we can be kind of naive and childlike as a community sometimes about this because it's very plain to see if you just step out of the new age dogma and you look at the reality of life, it's just very plain to see that money could care less if you are a loving, good, kind person. And People that have a lot of money, there are wonderful people that have a lot of money and wonderful people that do wonderful things with their money. I don't think they get enough credit. Um, But also there are people that are nasty and that use their money for nefarious purposes and they just seem to get more and more and more and more and more of it. I believe That the law of attraction is working whether you are conscious of it or not, whether you decide to work with it or not, whether you decide to learn how to step into the stream of what you want or not. And a lot of the emphasis in the law of attraction community is on like raising your vibrations so you're in alignment with abundance. And that just doesn't work. I don't see that working. The people that I see who are making money doing that are making money convincing people that that works, but then the people that are giving them their money are not making the money, if that makes sense. You can have an amazing, thriving business by telling people what they want to hear. And I don't want to be one of those people. I, I, that's just not my belief system. I don't believe that if you raise your vibration, abundance will flow to you in all ways. I believe that, I mean, I'm also not a person who says raise your vibration. When I think of vibration, first of all, I think of speed. I think like a slower vibration is 
like this desk that my computer and microphone is sitting on right now. It's not necess- it's not a good or a bad thing. It's just vibrating at a slower rate. A faster vibration is like and it's like going to be something it's going to be a sound. It's going to be a color. Uh it's going to be a cloud. It's going to be something more less less tangible. So I that the higher thing, it just sounds like a hierarchy to me and you get into good and bad. And for me too, this whole like system of reward and punishment that those of us that were raised in religion were raised to believe, we take that with us when we go into the new age community. We want to believe that good people are rewarded and bad people are punished. And because We can all see with our own eyes that that's just not the reality. A lot of people then go on to say, well, they will be punished in the afterlife, be it by reincarnation (laughs) or going to hell. And we get some strange satisfaction by thinking we know what happens to us after we die. We have the hot tip on that because the Bible tells us so, or <laughs> or we had a past life regression therapy session, and now we're fully convinced that reincarnation is real, and so if you're a bad person, you know, then you'll just reincarnate in, into a worm in the next life. And I just, I choose to not believe that because that does not feel true to me. There's someone in my life that I've known for a long time and have seen this person consistently not only break the law on purpose, uh, this person is a bit of a career criminal, but like the kind that just kind of flies under the radar, but also really, really mess with other people's lives, which I think is even more criminal than just the little petty things he does all the time to break the law. And he's literally bragged to me that he's like a cat and he always lands on his feet. And he's very, very proud of this. And you know what? It's true. I've known him for decades and it's true. He's always getting away with some crappy thing that he's done to someone else. The other person is left like holding the mess while he goes off to make another one. And it doesn't serve me. To get hung up on that or to get upset about that or to get sucked into that or to focus my energy there, but it's something that I notice. (laughs) And when it comes to the law of attraction, I believe he always lands on his feet because he believes he will always land on his feet. It's a belief that he has. And I believe, believe is the word, the key word here, that we attract what we are. We attract This is why I'm so interested in shadow work as it applies to the law of attraction, because a lot of what we attract into our life is shadow material, is shadow beliefs, it's shadow fears. I work with the sweetest, nicest people. I would label them good people, and they can't pay their bills a lot of times, or they just can't seem to make things work for themselves, and they feel so much frustration, but they would give you the shirt off their back. They're the kindest, most lovely, sweet people. They're healers. Why? Why aren't they rewarded with the big piles of money and success and you know, lots of friends? A lot of these people are lonely. 
I believe it's because of fear, because I also know from working with a lot of these people as clients that they have a lot of fear. And what we tend to do in the New Age community is sort of like uh, analyze and pull tarot cards and get... uh, our natal charts done and read the astro weather and throw stones and constantly looking for signs because we're afraid to move forward. Whereas people who are like really, really succeeding in their life, they're not doing that. (laughs) They're just going for it because they have an innate sense of confidence. They have self-belief all the way down to their toes. They like believe in their ability to do it. Another example I gave in that episode was Lady Gaga. And um, I've heard her say in interviews recently in promoting A Star is Born, which is wonderful. I hope everybody goes out to see it. And in written interviews that both, both just talking and in written interviews that she is not like the character in that movie, the character she plays, her name is Allie, that Lady Gaga, who was originally Stephanie Germanotti, that she was filled with confidence and determination and she busted her ass and she went out on the street and she knew she was going to make it. And if you look at the timeline, I feel like she was graduating high school in like 2005, 2004, like really young. And by 2007, she was like a somebody. And by 2008, like she was winning awards and had like top records, like all around the world. And she did it because she just had unshakable faith, absolute confidence. And she just went for it. Of course, she has this extraordinary talent, but so many people have extraordinary talent and never make it. And to me, it's really just comes down to fear. And not feeling worthy. The reason I used Donald Trump as an example, I'm not saying he's a happy person. Like, we can define success in many, many different ways, right? Uh, For me, I focus on joy and I focus on love because that's like a top priority for me. I don't know what good it does me to have a million dollars in the bank if I hate myself or I hate my life or I'm afraid to leave my house. So... And I, and I want to be contagious. <laughs> I, want, I think joy and love are, are contagious, and, I, and I want to represent that in the world. So I think that's why there's a disconnect when I talk like this, because people are like, what are we talking about here, Joe? We thought you were like the love and joy person, and now you're talking about Donald Trump. What the hell? <laughs> he has an amazing sense of entitlement. He was born into privilege. People came, came along and cleaned up his messes. They gave him all these advantages advantages in life again and again and again. Speaking of always landing on your feet, this has always happened to him. That's what he expects of life. And so life gives you what you expect, what you focus on. And he has that sense He's not tied up like I see so many of us are in, am I worthy? Do I deserve this? I I don't believe that he's like staying up late at night, like trying to like dig into the shadows because he can't move forward because he feels unworthy of asking for more money. He just asks for more and more and more and more and expects to get it. And so he does. Sure, 
Uh, you know, I love the idea that karma's a bitch and it eventually catches up with you. And it does sometimes. Like, Bill Cosby's going to jail. But he's a very old man now. And he has lived a long, cushy, privileged life enjoying all the perks of money and celebrity for decades while the women he victimized had to deal with their pain and their trauma. Because to me, it's just about um, energy goes... What is, how, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was going to say something very snappy and clever, and I always forget how this saying goes. Energy flows where attention goes. Where you put your attention is where your energy goes. And so I think sometimes like navel-gazing, the navel-gazing that the New Age community does, it just sort of keeps us like where we are. It just keeps us where we are. If your focus is on obsessing over, if, you know, you need a sign to know if, you're, if you should call this person. It, that takes time. That takes energy. That is filled with a lack of self-confidence. If you need to call the person, if you want to call the person, pick up the phone and call the person. <laughs> and I'm, I'm speaking about myself here. I am a person who has to play all of these little tricks on myself because I don't have that self-worth. I don't have that self-belief. I have to nurture those qualities into being. I've had to do a lot of work to feel confident. And I have tons of insecurities that I'm dealing with all the time, all kinds of fears. I just know they're there, and it bugs me that it bugs me. <laughs> I, um, but it is what it is, and I want to keep moving forward. And, I mean, this is partly why I'm a late bloomer. This is partly why I think I move forward slowly. And even in saying those things, those are statements of belief. I'm a late bloomer. I move slowly. I'm not so superstitious that I don't think I can, I mean, I can say that and, and I don't worry like, oh, great, now it's set in stone. Uh, in a recent episode of the podcast, I shared some songs that I wrote that are very, I mean, negative. <laughs> Just one is like, ain't got no, and it's all about, I ain't got this, I ain't got that, I ain't got that, poor me, poor me, poor me, screw you. And uh, I can't even remember what the other one is that I shared, but a lot of them that I wrote during that time period, well, I will say the band only wanted to record those songs. There were probably as many Happy Love and Light songs because I have both inside. I have this kind of angry, resentful, bitter thing going on inside. I did especially when I was young, but it's still there. It's just smaller now. <laughs> I've, I've focused more on the love and the joy and being an empowering presence. But I had that going on then too. It was just the band didn't think that was cool and rock and roll. So we weren't singing about spirituality and stuff. But I wrote those songs and I recorded some of them for myself, um, just singing them. And who knows, maybe one day they'll see the light of day. But back then I would worry because I had already been in the New Age community for a long time. And I, I, ha I was like paranoid, like, am I locking this in? Are we singing about these things and we're making them more real? Because I think music is really, really powerful. 
And the way I convinced myself to be okay with it was to be like, it's a catharsis. I'm offering people a catharsis. It's cathartic for me to write it. And it did feel good. It felt awesome to get on stage. One of our most popular songs was Get the Fuck Out. (laughs) And it's really angry. Get the fuck out and don't come back. Don't let the door whack you on the way out, out. I mean, it felt good to get it out. But you have to move on, too. <laughs> you can't just just stay in the anger. Um, but I think it's, I don't know, I, I guess it's not, I guess what people want from me is what they get from someone like Abraham Hicks or Tony Robbins. These are people I admire. These are people I look to to carry through. You want somebody to be like, you can do it. You have a purpose in life. You are amazing. Joy, joy, joy. Love, love, love. Raise your vibration. It's all love and light. And I just notice anytime there's any a hint of negativity in what I say or do, everybody just goes silent. Silent. I receive that as judgment. Judgment. (laughs) There's a bratty part of me that just wants to be like, oh, yeah? Well, boo on you. (laughs) I just want to be clear that I I am I am a person who wants to create a joyful loving life. That is why I focus on that. That is what I encourage in other people and I do believe that you can create amazing abundance and prosperity for yourself through joy and through love. But you're also if you have a lot of beliefs, shadowy beliefs. And when I say shadowy, I mean, they're in the subconscious mind. You're not aware that they're there. You have to, you know, that's what shadow work is for. It's to like trick yourself into seeing what you cannot see, what is in the shadows so that you can finally release it. If you notice that you're stuck, even though you're saying all the positive affirmations and you're doing all the things that the law of attraction people tell you to do and it's still not working year after year after year. Some, why? I think it's almost like cruel to tell people that, you know, just keep saying your affirmations when they have some like really serious stuff going on inside that needs to be processed. You can look at someone like one of my most influential iconic writing figures was Dorothy Parker. I absolutely adored her. I love the sing-songy way that she wrote. Um, Her and Shel Silverstein really were influential on me that way. They had this like rhythmic, rhyming way of writing that I really responded to. But her stuff was almost always just very pessimistic and bitter, and she was a huge success. She achieved tons of success and and lived a pretty glamorous, privileged life, and she died bitter and pessimistic to the end. She took it with her. But that didn't prevent her from becoming successful because she wanted to be a successful writer. She was because she moved forward in that Lady Gaga way, come hell or high water, this is what I am, this is what I do, nothing's going to stop me. And there's like a faith built into that. Faith is not exclusive to Christianity. Faith is not exclusive to all the lovely light and love things. Faith is just having faith in your ability to do something or faith that this chair is going to hold you up. Faith, expectation, belief, focus. Those are the things to me that the law of attraction really, really runs on. You can look at someone... 
like Kurt Cobain, who it was really interesting in his interviews and stuff. He would always act like he didn't care about fame and, and he was so cool. But like so much of what he wrote and put out was like so dark and heavy. And he was a heroin addict. And you could just see from looking at him, he was a very troubled person. And everybody knew he was a very troubled person. Why was he such a troubled person? But he was able to create this magnificent, iconic, extraordinary fame well, I I bought his diary when they published his diary, excerpts of his diary, and it's filled with his obsession with becoming famous. He wanted it. He was completely convinced that he deserved it, that he would have it, that he could create it. He wrote letters to people with all of this expectation and entitlement baked in, and he did it in a very quick way. It didn't take him long, just like Lady Gaga. Was that a was he a good person? I don't know. (laughs) Was he a happy person? No, he definitely was not a happy person. And he ended up taking his own life. But he was born a poor person. He didn't have anything. He didn't have any fancy connections. He had no privilege that he was born into, unless you want to say he was a white male. He built fame on pure determination, a sense of entitlement, and, and focus, daily focus. So I think that it's okay (laughs) to be all of who we are. I want to be all of who I am. I cannot only ever be like super light, the sunshiny Joe. Whenever people say that to me, I'm like, oh my God, but I'm so much more than that. You know, I have my dark moods and you all see that here on Patreon because I'm committed to showing up here for you. (laughs) I show up and it's like, such a crapshoot. What are you going to get? What are you going to get? Um, I certainly feel better when I'm in a very joyful, loving place. But I, I also feel like a pressure when people only identify me with that. I am a full person, a human person. <laughs> and I don't want to be a guru at all. And um, I, But I love talking about the law of attraction so much and I want to be helpful to people. And to me, it doesn't help people to hand them another pile of affirmations and then make them feel like they're doing something wrong because that they can't make it work because they're saying the affirmations. I think affirmations are amazing. I think you can reprogram your mind. I think you can access sometimes the subconscious mind through the conscious mind using repetition, using rhyme, using music, That is a different kind of focus, though. You have to do it all the time, and you have to be committed to it. You have to have an expectation that you can do it. And if you really want to make some major headway to me, it's all about like getting into the shadowy subconscious parts of your of your psyche, the parts that you haven't been able to reach yet if you are stuck. If you feel like, well, damn it, <laughs> all this new age stuff is a bunch of hooey. I've been doing it forever and nothing is working. Well, <laughs> Try shadow, try shadow work, like see how that works for you. Look at releasing like through the your physical body some pent up stuff. Um, and, and again, with the focus too, there's a lot of focus, I think, too, on what we're angry about, what hurts, what we're sad about, and, and what we can't do. I can't do this because... 
here's my reason. When you get really attached to that, it becomes a, a belief. And beliefs, I believe, are very, very attractive. I see I'm, I'm losing uh, juice here on my computer, which is probably good because I'm starting to talk in circles. So cheers to you. I'm still drinking my coffee this morning. This is just something that I felt like saying. Joy is creative, but so is anger, so is greed. I really believe in creating from a joyful place. That's what I intend to do. That's what I want to do. That's what we are gathered here to do. We're here to be brave. We're here to be joyful. We're here to have lives we love and to feel happiness. But let's not fool ourselves. It's really about focus. And that's it. That's an amazing thing. That's awesome. That's power. Knowledge is power. So think about that today as you go about your day. Like, where am I putting my energy? What am I focusing on? What do I believe? Like, when you hear yourself say something kind of weird, challenge yourself and be like, why did I say that? What belief is that reflecting back at me? And how is that relief belief, excuse me, how is that belief manifesting itself in my life right now? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Happy Monday, everybody. I hope this was clarifying and uplifting. It's it's not meant to be depressing. It's It's meant to give you your power and to make you feel like, yes, I am going to focus on what I want and stop spinning my wheels. I can do it. Much love to you. You can do it. Peace. And for those of you nice people who stuck around to hear the clip of my kid talking, here he is, Tanner Golfball DeVoe, talking about his favorite thing in the whole wide world, golf balls, how they make golf balls, and why they sound the way they sound, according to him. Fascinating stuff. They, what they do with the sick golf balls, they make it with, they took a rubber ball with or with the liquid inside, and they they wrap the rubber bands around it, and they and they cover it, and aha, and and voila. Voila. What do they cover it with? Hard plastic with dimples. Hard plastic with dimples. What does that make? Sick golf ball. A sick golf ball. Why is it sick? Because it, you know, it sounds look like it sounds it sounds like it's a it has it sounds like a core. But Why is it sick? Because it it's it, it because there's rare bands and it makes the plastic make makes the plastic sick. Is sick good or bad? It sounds good. But it's sick. Okay. What's a shy golf ball? Shy is is they probably put a a green corn side and they cover around it. What makes it shy? Nike. Nike makes shy golf balls? Yeah. What about a happy golf ball? Spalding and, and, and Top Flight and Executive and Motor. What's your favorite? Top Flights. Do you have a favorite golf ball from Nashville? Um, yes. Which one? The, the black one. Okay, from the grand, the, what was that, the Country Music Hall of Fame? Yeah. Very cool. Is there anything else you want to say? About golf balls? I like... Spalding is the, the second favorite golf ball. Spalding is your second favorite? What's your first favorite? Top flights. Top flight. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>